have bad news for you today. And the bad news is, you're not going to make it. I don't really like to hear that. Hey, you can't do it. Oh, man, I don't really like to hear that either. And you're going to need some help. Oh, man. I know you were probably thinking this morning, you know, I, I really like that idea. I'm okay, and you're okay. Because, you know, then I can go out the door and I can think, I'm okay. And then, you know, it just kind of makes me happy when I'm out in the world and I look around and I say, well, all those people are okay too. And, you know, we can just kind of smile and give each other the thumbs up and say, we're okay. But then you kind of come face to face with that gospel lesson that we had for today. I know what really your kind of knee-jerk reaction to that lesson should have been, I can't do it. But yet inside we were taught, you know, to work and to try our best and to do hard things. And maybe for some of you here today, you were kind of thinking in the back of your mind, I can up my game and I can do those things. Okay, really? When it is the last time someone struck you on the cheek and you turn to that person, the other also. When is the last time someone stole your coat? Yes, here in Minnesota, that's a pretty big crime, isn't it? When's the last time someone stole your coat and you offered that person your shirt as well? When is the last time people were abusive to you and you turned on the love in return instead? The last time people were harsh and mean and angry at you and you responded with patience and kindness and with love even. To love your enemy. Now, it's not just that person that kind of annoyed you. It's not just that person at work that kind of rubs you the wrong way. But no, an enemy is one who plots against you in the evening, isn't he or she? It's that person that stays up actually at night. Yeah, we kind of joke about it, but this person really does it. They stay up at night thinking of ways to hurt you in the future. It's that person that has a long range plan. We, we watch movies and they talk about the end game. What is the end game of that evil doer, right? It's to hurt you. And the Bible says that person that is your enemy, you are to return that hatred with love. 
when is the last time we were able to do that? And yet that is the standard that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, sets for us. Again, our knee-jerk reaction should be, I can't do it. But yeah, that's not how we're built, is it? And in fact, it's really no fault of ours because people throughout time have been doing the very same thing that we do today. You look at the ancient people all through the Old Testament, what is the pattern? Right? There's a revival, the people come back to know the Lord, the king perhaps himself stood up and read the Holy Scripture to the assembly, and the people then, with that revival spirit in their heart, they all would say, we will do it. See? We'll do it. And in that very same way, you and I would try to argue on this day, don't we? We will do it. I can up my game. I can become more patient. I can be more kind. I can reflect Christ's love better. I can go into my world and be the one. I will do it. Our Lord and Savior, he had some other very hard things to say in the course of the New Testament, didn't he? In fact, he went to people at one time who were asking how they could earn their salvation. And Jesus said, well, if you want to earn your salvation, you need to cut off your hand if it offends you. You need to pluck out your eye if it offends you. You need to be so committed to the kingdom of God that if you don't have self-control, if you're habitually stealing things, you just take a saw and cut off your own hand. You need to be so committed to the kingdom of God that if somehow you can't control where your eyes are looking, you would pluck out one of your eyes because it's better to enter into the heavenly kingdom than it is to go to hell you still have both your hands, both your eyes. That's what it takes. Now maybe you raise your hand and you say, well certainly the Apostle Paul. Right? Certainly someone like that. He must have had it. You know, I can be like Paul. I can be just like Paul and I can do the things that Paul did and I can be just as effective. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it. I'll be the one. Okay, so what, what happened to the Apostle Paul? Well, there was one day when the Apostle Paul was preaching and people became so angry they threw rocks at him until he was dead, it seemed. And then they hauled his knocked out seemingly dead body, out of town, out into a, a pile of, of brush, and they just threw it there. 
right, for the vultures to feast upon. Uh, Paul wasn't dead. He, he woke up, right, out there in that field. The last memories in his mind of hateful people throwing rocks at him until he was knocked unconscious. He got up and he went his way. He went to the next town. Yes, certainly he continued in the ministry, but hey, wait a minute, we were just talking about if someone strikes you on the cheek, you turn to him the other also. Right? If someone does really hateful and mean things to you and abuses you, you would return that with love. Well, now I'm telling you today, the Apostle Paul, he failed in that mission, didn't he? Yeah, he still loved Christ. Yeah, he still continued to preach. Well, it's probably hard for him to you know, recover from that kind of trauma. Can you imagine trying to get up the next time to preach, but the last time people threw rocks at you until they thought that you were dead? Can you imagine trying to come back from that? But he did that, but he didn't return. He wasn't victoriously ushered back into town again. He went his way. You see, something is kind of missing in our model for today, isn't there? And really, I was trying to kind of put it in your mind, that specific phrase, we will do because we want to be that kind of people. We want to be the people that go out there and do it. Well, I've, I've shared with you, you know, the Apostle Paul, there's a lot of times he went out there and he was doing it, but he couldn't quite meet the commands for today. I know the people of Jesus' time, when they came up to him and they said, hey, we will do it. And then Jesus said, well, then you've got to cut off your hand. You've got to pluck out your eye. You've got to sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And then we say, whoa. I can't do it. You see, dear friends, often through the course of the Holy Scripture and often in Jesus' ministry, his number one desire is that we would arrive at that place. It's not really a place we want to be. Because we want to be the people that achieve. We want to be the people that do it. We want to be the people that get patted on the head and people say, hey, look at them. Look at what they're doing. It's incredible. But all of that is taken away. As our Lord and Savior, He comes with the impossible. 
And our response is not that we would pull up our bootstraps, that we would buckle our belt a little tighter, that we would lift the weight a little harder, but our response is supposed to be. Lord, if that's what it takes, I can't do it. Lord, if I have to cut off my own hand in order to gain control of my habits, I can't do that. There I am looking at the power saw and the blade is spinning and looking at my hand and I'm saying I can't cut off my hand. There I'm looking in the mirror at my eye and I'm saying, Lord, if i got to pluck out my eye in order to make it into heaven, I can't do that. Our Lord and Savior comes with these very difficult commands today so that you and I would be able to freely admit, Lord, if this is the list of requirements it takes for me to enter heaven, I'm not going to make it. I can't do it. You see, dear friends, it is that humble response that God is looking for. It is the sinful person that falls upon their knees and cries out to the Lord and says, Lord, I have a, a habit, I have a, an addiction, I have a problem in my life and I can't fix it. Lord, I even have people in my life that abuse me and I can't love them in that way. Lord, there are people that have stolen from me, even stolen my coat when it was 30 below zero here in Minnesota and I can't quite get over that. Lord, there are people that lie awake in bed at night plotting my demise and I can't forgive them. And they keep hurting me over and over and I can't keep going. Lord, there are things happening in my personal world and I know I'm supposed to forgive and I know that I'm supposed to love those who hate me and I know I'm supposed to do good to those who abuse me and Lord I can not do it. I can't. And dear friends, that is exactly where I believe Jesus smiles at us. When we're broken, when we fail, when we're on our knees, when we're crying out to God, when we're saying, Lord, I cannot do it. I think Jesus, he says to us, you finally got it. You finally understand. You finally have come to the realization you can't 
do it. And guess what? I did it for you. You see, that's the blessed message of the cross, isn't it? That Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, died upon that cross in order to do it for us. In order to earn the way to heaven for us. In order to take all of our sin upon himself and offer that free and full forgiveness. You see, he gives the gift. But what do we like to do? We, we like to earn it, don't we? And yet it all comes from our upbringing. You know, to be responsible citizens, certainly we're taught to earn things of value. And certainly as a little child growing up, you were taught to, you know, earn your parents, you know, respect and care because right what happened you were three years old and you broke mom's favorite dish then right you got your hand smacked you got a, a spanking you had to go out in the woods and get your own switch you know that you cut yourself and you took some kind of punishment for that right but but when you were good and you served well and you washed the dishes properly and you set the table just right, Mom beamed, you know, and she smiled and she said, Oh, Susie, Sally did such a good job. And we were taught, right? Want to earn Mom or Dad's favor. Right? And then certainly you went off to school where you had to earn your way, right? In order to get the A, you had to study hard, you had to do well, you had to take the test. The teacher didn't just come by, you know, and say, oh, hey, you know, the answer to that math problem is... No, because that would be cheating, right? So you had to earn it. You got out into the world, you got your first job. And to get a promotion, you had to work hard. And you had to do well. And you had to earn it. And then you came to the church and you said, Pastor, I want to get into heaven. Heaven is the number one thing on my mind today. It is the number one thing I want to earn. What must I do? Well, you know, serve on the church board, yeah, of course, and, you know, give some tithes to the church, yeah, i got to do that, and, you know, be responsible and come to church on Sunday. I can come up with a big list of things for you to do if you want to earn your own way, but now I'm kind of cutting my own throat this morning, right, because I just told you, you can't earn it. You can't do it. It requires more than you're capable of. It requires more than the Apostle Paul was capable of. It requires more than any human being could ever do on this planet. It requires perfection. It requires being patient and kind in the midst of the most torturous trying of circumstances. It means returning love when you're hated. 
It means even, yes, cutting off your own hand if that's necessary. It means plucking out your own eye if that's required. It means whatever is beyond your own ability. That's what it takes. It requires someone to do it for us. That Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, would love each and every one of us so very much that he would pay that incredible price. That he would have the spikes driven through his hands and his feet to pay for what I cannot do. That he would endure the mocking and the ridicule. That he would endure the hatefulness and the plotting and the scheming against him. That he would be able to be the one that would turn the other cheek in the midst of of violent abuse, that he would be the one that would endure the torture in the hatred of the people, that he would be the one to pay for me, to make up for the things I cannot do, to be the perfect Holy One of God. To live the incredible weight that I could not. To take the abuse that I was not willing to endure. To forsake the sin that I could not stand against. Jesus paid the price. He paid for it all. Instead of saying today, I will do it. We thank God so very much that he sent his son to do it in our place. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds, now and always. Amen.